So Nehemiah chapter 1, the words of Nehemiah, the son of Hectiah, and it came to pass in the month of Shishu, in the 20th year as I was in Shushan, the palace, that Hananiah, one of the, my, the, my brethren, came in and certain men of Judah and asked them certain concerning the Jews that, the, that has escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. They said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity that are in the providence are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, the gates thereof are burnt with fire. And it came to pass, when I heard these words, that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the Lord, for the God of heaven. And let me just say that. That would be a good thing to do. If you're getting burdened down with something, maybe you ought to just uh, stop doing what you're doing and, 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 and uh, start fasting and praying for the Lord and asking God to seek you and uh, help you. And I said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that I love him and deserve his commandments. Let thine ear now be attentive and these eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant which I pray before thee now day and night. For the children of Israel, thy servant, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee, both I and my father's house have sinned. We have dealt very corruptly with, against thee, and have not kept the commandments, nor statutes, nor the judgments which thou commandest that day of the servants of Moses. Remember, I beseech thee the word that thou commandest thy servants Moses, saying, if, if you transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. If you turn unto me and keep my commandments and I'll do the, and do them, though they were the, you cast out in the uttermost parts of heaven, yet I will gather them from thence and bring them in unto the place that I have chosen to set my name there. Now these are the servants and thy, thy people whom have redeemed by the great power and by the strong hand. O Lord, I beseech thee, let, your, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who desires to fear thy name and prosper. I pray thee, thy servant, this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this, this man. For I was the king's cup bearer. Chapter 2. And it came to pass in the month of Nisan. I love that word. Nisan. In the twentieth year of Oxytheris, the king, and that wine was before him, and I took up the wine and gave it unto the king. Now I had not been for, before time sad in his presence time. Wherefore the king said unto me, Why is thy countenance sad, seeing thou art not sick? This is nothing else but sorrow of heart. Then I was very sore afraid. And he said unto the king, Let the king live forever. Why should not my countenance be sad when the city of my of the palace of my father's sepulchres lieth waste, and the gates thereof are consumed with fire. Then the king said unto me, For what doest thou make request? And he can't ask him a question. I mean, you know, sometimes you can pray real quick, but sometimes you just got to pray, Lord, I need help right now. I need you to speak. He says, So I prayed to the God of heaven, and I said unto the king, If it please the king and its servants, have thou found favor in thy sight, and if thou wouldest send me into Judah, un into the city of my father's sepulchres, that I may build it. And the king said, said unto me, The queen also sitting by, by him, For how long shall the journey be, and when will thou return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I sent him a time. I sent him a time. Moreover, I said unto the king, If it pleased the king, let, 
letters be given to me to the governors of beyond the river that they will convey me over until I come unto Judah. And a letter unto Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that they may be given me timber to make beams of the gates of the palace which appertain to the house and for the wall of the city and for the house that I shall enter in. And the king granted me according to, to the hand, good hand of my God upon me. Then I came to the governors beyond the river and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had set captains of the army and horsemen with me. Now verse 10. When Sandabalt and Herodor, the Herodorite knight, the Tobash, the servant of the Ammonite, heard all it, it grieved them exceedingly that there was a man come a man to seek the welfare of the children of Israel. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you tonight. Lord, we thank you for the burden that Nehemiah had. Lord, I pray that we get a burden for the lost in our world today. I pray that it just settle in our hearts that we'll be like Nehemiah. We'll drop down on our knees and have a burden. We'll fast and pray, seeking God's will, Father. Lord, just help us to be what we need to be tonight, Lord. We'll praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Like I said, we're going to do this series for the next six or seven Sundays. I don't know how long. Uh, Nehemiah working for the king. Uh, uh, Nehemiah is working for the king. Here in the text we find this man gets a commission and if you, if you will, from the king to go out and do some work. If you read the text, we'll find that uh, in the book of Jeremiah, you'll find the book is all about building and battling. You'll, you'll, you read all the chapters in the book of Nehemiah. All they're doing is trying to build something from God, trying to do something for God. And they're having to battle as well as what they're doing. If you're going to live for God, if you're going to do anything for God, your life will be just like this book of Nehemiah. It will always be building and battling, trying to build something for God. Also battling the world, the flesh, and the devil. And all 13 chapters of this book shows as much about the Christian life that we live today. If you read the 13 chapters, and I realize there are some low points in this book, but for the most part, it summarizes what you and I are going to face in this world today as a child of God. And we're trying to live for the Lord. It, it deals with the blessings of the Christian's life and the burdens of the Christian life and also deals with the battles that Christian face in doing things for God. It's, it's an example for you and I. Just like Nehemiah is working for his king, you and I are commissioned to work for the king, our king. The Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, we're commissioned to work for Him. The fact that you're saved, the fact that we're employed by the King to do the King's business tonight. You say, I'm not called to preach. I'm not called into full-time service. That has absolutely nothing to do with you being saved. Get that? It has nothing to do with you being saved. You're called to work for the king. Everybody has something to do for the king. Amen. And, and we're looked at a several aspects of working for the king. King's doing the king's business. But tonight the title of listening for a call. Listening for a call. If you're going to be working for 
the king. You've got to be listening for a call. What's he going to say to you? Personally, it's going to call you to do something. Now, I realize that sometimes and some things we're called and commanded to do as the body of Christ. I understand that. We're to be faithful to the house of God and not forsaking assembling themselves together as many and manner some, but exhorting one another so much as the moment more that you see the day approaching. We're, we're called to read the Bible. We're called to be a witness we're called to praise God. We're called to pray. We're called to do certain things as the body of Christ. I understand that. You ought to understand that. But God also calls each and every one of us for specific things. Not just because you're called to be a preacher or anything, but God has given every one of us something specific to do. And if you're saved, and everybody here I believe is saved, you should be seeking the call of God for your life tonight. Everybody has a God, everybody's got a call. Don't tell me you don't have a call. Do you know what your call is? You know what your call is. Well, preacher, I thought it was for pastors and missionaries and evangelists. Absolutely not. You could be called to do certain things if you're saved. You should be listening constantly for a, the Lord to tell you, I've got a call for you. I want you to do something specifically just from you. And he gives us that task. Give it to a specific person. He gives me something specific for me to do and me only. That brings glory to God. That brings Him the honor. We all think that the call of God is something that is reserved for preachers. That's not true. And I, I believe there's been more damage into the body of Christ. And, and the reason I think so is because it has left 90, 95% of the church people off the hook, off that spiritual hook. I'm not called to preach. You may not be called to preach, but every one of us is called to do something for the glory of God. We're called to do something. This is for the young people in the church. No, it's for everybody in the church. We're all called to do something for God, for the glory of God. And I'm not talking about quitting your job. I understand we have jobs. I know we got to work jobs. But I'm talking something specific just for you. And the Lord gave it to you to do, to bring Him glory and to see sinners saved. And listen to me, I'm your pastor, I'm a pastor, I don't pretend to, to know the will of God for your life, because I never will know it, I never, unless you tell me what the will of God is for your life, I will pray for you, I will give an advice for you, I know you want the will of God in your life, you get down and you ask God, you come to the altar, you ask God, if you want me to help you pray, I'll pray with you, I'll give you advice, but I don't know what the will of God is for your life tonight. Amen. Do you know what the will of God is for your life? Every one of us has something that God has called you and you only to do. If you're born again and saved and washed by the blood of Jesus Christ, then you are saved and God has got something just for you tonight. Amen.
That's what he said. I call you. I have called you. And if God has called us, then we ought to be listening for the call of God so God can tell us what we do. I, I, I truly believe in Christian liberty. I, I believe in the priesthood of the believer. It, I, I believe God can tell you what the will of God is for you and your life. Amen. You don't need me to tell you what the will of God is for your life. I'm not going to stand up here and say, hey, this is the will of God for your life. I feel that you need to be doing this. No, I can't do that. I can't do that. You need to figure it out yourself. And the only way you're going to figure that out is asking God. I, I pray that we get some of these young people to get on fire for God and get a burden for God and, and, and get that desire down in the heart to give the word of God out. I pray that. We're talking about listening for a call of God. We find Nehemiah in the text is a man is not necessarily looking for God. He's not necessarily looking for God to do anything in his life. He doesn't, he, he's happy just being the king's cup barrier. He's just happy. That's the pretty prestigious job that he has. It, it's something that he's looking for. He's not necessarily looking to do anything but God comes and finds him. And he asks him to do something. And he puts a burden in his heart to do something for the glory of God. It will cost him something we'll find out later. Now don't miss this. God uses people who are already busy. <laughs> Please, let me say that again. Don't miss this. God is going to use people already busy. And if you ain't doing nothing for God, you're sitting there lazy with God. God is not going to use you to do anything to bring Him glory because God does not use lazy people. Come on. Amen. 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 So if you're lazy, I'll just talk to you. We, we find Joseph was called to do something. He was working for his daddy when he got the call. We find Moses was by the burning bush to keep tending the sheep. Uh, for the cattle for, for his father-in-law, Jephro, when he got the call. We find Gideon was hiding wheat from the Philistines when he got the call. We find that Peter, James, and John, they were, they were fishing. They were doing their business when they got the call. Everybody that's been called by God was already doing something. They were busy. And God sees busy people. He wants to use somebody that's willing to get up and do something. If you're sitting here waiting for the call of God, you need to get busy. You just need to get busy. You say, we're not busy doing what? Doing something from God already. Then God may come by and tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, I got something for you and you only to do. Amen. Doing something for God. He wants you to do it. I'm sorry to bust your bubble. God does not use lazy people. Just doesn't. I don't find anybody in the Bible that was lazy God used. No, everybody in the Bible, when God used them, they were already busy doing something else. First, you're already doing anything for him. If you're not doing anything for him, you ain't going to do anything, nothing for him. He don't want you to do nothing. He wants you to get busy doing something. 
Now listen, I'm going to give you several things tonight real quick about the call. Listening for the call. First thing that don't miss this, if you miss the first point, then I could preach for the next seven, eight weeks. You'll never, ever get this. It'll never dawn on you. The first thing that you need to get in your life to get busy for God and God to call you, you got to get a concern for people. You got to get a concern for people. The first thing, first about the call, there was a concern, a burden for the people. In chapter 1, verse 3, And they said unto me, The remnant that are left in the captivity there are in the providence in a great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem was broken down. The gates thereof burned with, burned with fire. Verse 4, And it came to pass, when I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed and the God of heaven. He goes down here and he starts talking about the children of Israel and how he has gotten a burden for the children of Israel. He sees them. The first thing he says is start with the call of God in his life that there was a concern for those in his life. If you're going to help anybody, if you're going to help anybody, listen to me, there must be a concern for people in your life. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. If whatever you are called to do doesn't, help others, then that is not a call of God. If all that you're doing is bringing yourself glory, helping you out, and not helping anybody else in the house of God or to those in this world, then it's not a call to God. Let me say it, we'll say it this way, a gift. If your gift is not bringing glory to God and seeing sinners saved, that's not a gift from God. Amen. That's not a gift to God. We try to guess it, to say this is our gift, this is my calling, but you're not helping anybody. You're not doing any good to anybody. Just helping yourself. That is not a call of God, and that is certainly not a gift of God. Listen to me. I know it's going to get quiet with this idea right here. Well, I'm not a people person. I realize not everybody is the extrovert. I realize there's an introverts in this church. I realize that. But let me just say this. Even if you're not a people person, you can always tell somebody what God has done for you. That's all you, hey, this is what the Lord done for me. You go places, you go to Walmart, you go to grocery stores, you meet people out on the road, your jobs and everything. You ought to just say, this is what God has done for me. Just open your heart, let God show you. Point those out that needs a word from you to help them on their way. I'm going to shock your mind again. God likes people. God likes people, amen. In fact, God is in the people business. That's why we're here tonight, because God is in the people business. I understand the Bible says there's something that he hates, but God loves people. That's why we do what we do, because God is in the people business. You, are, you ought to just say, Lord, am I burdened about this? Am I concerned about somebody's soul? Am I concerned about where somebody is going? I, I see so much in the ministry today that it's not about people. It's all about doing the ministry. 
It's all about building a bigger brand. It's all about building a bigger platform where a person is able to get more money, get more meetings. I'm talking about preachers now. Let's just be honest. A lot of these things you see are just nasty and nasty. They're not the things of God. They're under the skies of ministry, and it has nothing to do with people and seeing people get saved and seeing people get right with God. They're supposed to be ministering to the lost world today, and all it is doing is building up personalities, making big bank accounts, and building up egos. That's not ministry. Ministry is about sac- sacrificing you. For the sake and concern of someone else. What? I got to deny myself or something? Yes, you do. You got to sacrifice your feelings. Mm. <laughs> you got to sacrifice your feelings for somebody else. No matter what they think or say, if you got a concern and you got a burden for them and you listen to that call of God, then you've got to sacrifice yourself. You got to sacrifice your time. You got to sacrifice your effort, effort, and you even got to sacrifice your feelings. Nehemiah had a concern for people. When he gets down here, he, he gets cussed out and almost ran out. He has a lot of opposition when he gets to where he's going. Just because you get a concern for people does not mean they're going to get a concern for you. Amen, I'm just telling you. Just because you got a burden for somebody don't mean they're going to get a burden for you. But you don't stop. Just make your mind up just because people don't show me the same concern like Paul said, the more I love the less I'll be loved. <laughs> and that's just fact. The more you start showing the love of God to people, the less people are going to love you. Yeah. Amen. Paul understood there would be times that you're going to give and give, and you're not going to get anything back. You're going to get nothing back. Just go ahead and say, I accept that because I've got a burden for people. Lost people, dying people. Look what it said in chapter 2. It grieved them exceedingly that there was a man to seek the welfare of the children of Israel. They had no concern for them. They had no burden for them, but Nehemiah did. He was concerned about the welfare. Do you know what God does with every man that he uses in the Bible or every woman that he uses in the Bible to help somebody? He gives them a concern for people. Concern for people. It's all about using them to help somebody else. When God called Abraham, he said, I'll make thee a blessing that you may be a blessing to others. I'm blessing you that you can turn around. I'm going to make you a funnel so the blessings I'm making you, you can funnel them out and give them to somebody else. And that's what God is asking us to be. He's made us a blessing, but he wants you to be a funnel that you can be able to bless other people in your life. God put... Joseph in Egypt to save his brothers. God calls judges in the book of Judges so they can deliver God's people. God called David to be king so that he would be a shepherd of God's people. 
God called the prophets. They preached the word of God. They could hear God's word from them. God called the apostles that they may be fisher of men. God called Paul to be a light unto the Gentiles. You, you see what I'm saying? Everybody that God calls someone, it was been expressed purpose to help someone else. If God has called you, God has touched you, God has saved you, it's just not to save you to sit on the pews. You ought to reach out and touch somebody else. That's what he said, I'll make thee a blessing to other people. Don't miss this point. Listen, listening for the call. If you got to get a concern for people, you're concerned. It starts with a call. It starts with a burden. It starts with a concern. Are you concerned? Are you burdened about people tonight? Are you concerned about what the people are dying and going to hell? Are you concerned about that? We're concerned about getting home to eat lunch, eat supper. We're concerned about this and going to a ball game. We're concerned about that. But when it comes to the house of God, we're not concerned about the people that are dying. Listen, <laughs> when people walk into the door of this church house, they'll be able to tell whether you are a person of concern for them or not. They're automatically, they'll be able to tell if you're concerned about them. When they walk through the door the first time, everybody should shake their hand. If you're sitting there looking at them like, I don't care what they look like. I don't care what they've done. I don't care if they tattooed up one side down the other. I don't care what color it is. I'm just telling you, you're not concerned for the lost people in this world. Then God's got a problem with you because he is a people person. And somebody walks in here, they ought to know right off the bat, hey, this church is really concerned about me. I pray that's what we do. Amen. I pray that we run and shake somebody's hand. We, we're too quick to get in the click. Amen. I'm just saying it's not bad. It's not bad. But I'm just saying we, we got those that we hang out. We sit around sometimes. We joke. We carry on. But we do that. But let me, let me just say this. We're so used to talking to the same people over and over. When somebody new walks in the door, you all say, hey, hold up. I see somebody I have never seen before. I've talked to you all I need to talk about. We've talked about everything we need to talk about. I'm going over and I'm going to invite them and say, glad to see you. Shake their hands and say, glad to have you in the church today. Yeah. People who walk in the house of God, they ought to know that the people that are already in there have a concern for the lost and dying world. Amen. I'm just telling you. Do we do that? Do we have that kind of concern for those that are dying and going to hell? Amen. I'm just saying it. There's got to be a call in your life. There's got to be a call in your place. Look at this verse. It, it, it continues with compliance. From when, when, when he gets the call and burden and concern in chapter 1 to chapter 2, when the king's commissions him to go, the time passes roughly four months. You find in chapter 1 he said he came to pass in the month of Shislu in the 20th year. 
And then in chapter 2, it said, we find that, this, that the month of Nisan, the 20th year, that's about four months. Let me say this. If you got a call of God, most of the time that call is not going to be something right then and there. It's not something you're going to jump right into it. It took him four months from the time he got the burden to the time he got the praying, time he's got the fasting for God to say, hey, now I'm going to push you out into it. There's been those that come to church, come to the altar, and they said, I'm right with God. I want to do anything. I'm willing to do anything with God. Just give me something to do. And then we say, all right. And I'm just saying, look, hold up here. If you come to church and got right with God, won't you just be faithful for a while? Won't you just be faithful for the house of God a while? And it don't take long. You don't see them no more because they can't even be faithful to the house of God. But yet they want to jump in and do all kinds of things for God. Until you get faithfulness down pat. Listen to me. Until you get that faithfulness down pat, God is not going to call you to do anything else. Amen. We've got too many that comes to the altar and they're not faithful enough to keep coming back and keep coming back. But yet they say, hey, I want to do this. I want to do that. I've known that, dealing with those type of people like it. I, I'm the same way. <laughs> when something, I feel like something's going on and God's trying to direct me, I, I, I do like the Bible says. The Bible says try the Spirit to be sure it's God. If you feel God is calling you to do something, don't just jump right into it because it might not be God. Might not be God. It might be the devil trying to draw your attention away and get you all about in a mess that you shouldn't be in. Try the spirits. Wait and pray God. God will open that door. When God opens that, listen to me. When God opens that door, don't hesitate to walk in because that's what he said. Hey, I'm getting ready to push you in. I'm getting ready to push you out there. I've opened the door now. Go. And that's what he did with Nehemiah. Four months he'd been praying, fasting, Asking God, seeking God's advice. It took four months. Here in the text we find God deals with the hearts. In chapter 1, we find in chapter 2, verse 2, Wherefore the king said unto me, Why is thy countenance sad? Seeing thou art not sick, this is nothing else but sorrow of heart. I mean, can I say this? You can tell by the faithful expression of somebody what they're going through you can look at somebody that's going through some pain and suffering and you can see it on their face they're looking for somebody that's concerned about what they're going through you you a christian you you go by somebody and they you look at him you know right off god tells you right that person is going through this that person is facing this you can see the difficulty in the face you see the burden weigh him down and you walk by hi how you doing no that's not concerned you see somebody like that. he says that cotton is all he he recognized hey you don't always look this way something's wrong with you what's up what's up you ought to be the same way. See, God is getting ready, fixing to, to have the giving of his burden. The Lord is fixing to get him out, push him out, call him out, 
Put him right in the spotlight. <laughs> I, met, I imagine Nehemiah's prayer, Lord, send someone down there. Lord, I see their burden. Lord, send somebody down there. And as he's praying, oh, God, why don't you send somebody down there to help those people? And about that time, the Holy Ghost says, what about you? What about you? Oh, God, send somebody else down there. That's our prayer life, ain't it? God gives you a burden. God laid it in your heart. And you praying for God to send somebody else to do something that God has called you to do. Oh, Lord, I, I, I don't even like those people. <laughs> Why do you want me to go over and mess with them people? Them people don't like me. We don't like each other. We got a common thing going like. We're like that. we like this. Why do you want to send me? Send somebody else. God didn't give them the burden. God gave you the burden. Then Nehemiah got the burden. Finally, Nehemiah said, okay, God, if you can't send nobody else, send me. Send me. Send, I will go. You see, it finally gets down to where it's you and God. He's going to narrow it down to where the king asked him to do what he wants. And in verse 4, he said, I pray to God of heaven. He couldn't say anything else. Reckon, Lord, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. He said, well, he could have said, well, Lord, your Lord, you know, I am the cup bearer. I put the wine in the cup. I sip the wine. I take it to the king. I give it to him. I've got a pretty important job. I just cannot go down there because my job is too important for me to do that. He could have said, Lord, you know, you know what my job is. I'm a busy person. I'm an important person in this kingdom. For this king, I've I got to make sure that nothing's wrong with this wine that I'm giving him. You mean to tell me somebody else can't sip the wine? You're the only one? No. God will make a way. When God calls you, God will make a way. God's going to give you that. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 12, For if there be the first the will, a willing mind, you've got to have that willing mind, it is accepted according to that man hath, not according that he hath not. In other words, what he's saying is, God didn't call you on your ability. He doesn't care about your ability. God, God Nehemiah said, Lord, I can't build a wall. I know nothing about the walls. I'm a cupbearer. I don't know how to build a wall. God didn't say, I didn't, ask, I didn't ask you for your ability. I don't want to know what you can do. All I'm asking you is to be faithful and make it available to me. And when God says, hey, you are available and God calls you and put that concern and you comply with it, Lord, I'll go, then God will give you the ability to get done what God has called you to do. No matter what it is, I don't have the ability to do that. Listen to me, I don't have the ability to preach whatsoever. I can't. It's not me. If Jimmy gets up here and does that, then y'all got a problem. 
a big problem. I'll mess it up. I have to make sure, Lord, and I told God, Lord, are you sure you got this? Are you sure you're calling me? <laughs> me? I don't even like people. Lord, I'm, I'm bashful. I'm shy. I don't like large crowds. Lord, you know, I, I can't do this. I can't do this. He says, are you available? Well, yeah, I'm available. Then I call you. And if God calls you to do something, He's not going to step back and say, hey, push you out the door, go and do it. You're on your own. No, He's going to give you the ability to do what He's called you to do. Amen. Amen. Don't think God's going to call you to conquer the world and don't give you equipment to accomplish it with. Because He will do that. He will do that. They saw a need they got a concern. Can I say this? We'll do it. I'm talking about listening for a call. Are you listening for anything? Lord, I, I, I'm willing. Whatever it is, just call. Find something. Pray and find something that's blessing to others. Just, I'm willing. I, I'll do it. Sometimes God requires you to get out of your comfort zone. The Lord knows I'm out of my comfort zone. In order for God to get you to where he needs you at, he's going to bring you through some things that you don't like. He's going to put you through, get you out of that comfort zone that you're in. So Lord, I'll do what you want me to do. I'll go. But he said, I'm not going to go until I get the letters. Don't miss this. Nehemiah said, I'm, I've got a concern. I'm willing to comply. But I ain't going unless I get some written from the king. Hmm, written from the king. Verse chapter 2, verse 7. Moreover, I said unto the king, if it pleases the king, let letters be given unto me to the governors beyond the river, that they may convey me over until I come unto Judah. Verse 8. And the letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's force, that he may give me timber to make beans for the gates and the palace, and that pertain, appertain to the house and over the wall of the city, for the house that I shall enter in. And the king granted me according to the good hand of my God upon me. Verse 9. Then I came to the governor beyond the river. I imagine he, when he showed up at the governor beyond the river and said, Who are you? <laughs> I'm Nehemiah. So, what about it? He said, Well, hold up. I, I ain't nothing. I ain't nothing, but I got this letter from the king. <laughs> he whips out that letter from the king. He said, Okay, y'all, just come on right up the front of the line here. You just come on right in front. Give him anything he wants. Don't say a word. Just let him have it. Why? Because the king said so. Can I tell you this? The king gave Nehemiah letters to go and do what he needed to do. <laughs> the king has given you letters to go and do what you need to do. He said, I'm burdened about those people down there. I'm concerned. I'm willing to comply, but I'm not moving until I get some in writing. This is my advice, and I have to 
prove it in my life. I'm not going to take a big step in my life without God giving me a verse of scripture about it. Because I find out that if I get in a hurry, I jump ahead of God. My soul says, yeah, you need to go ahead and do this. I find that I make a mistake out of it. I find later on I've learned if I just pray, Lord, I need a verse. I need a verse to tell me this is where I need to be at. This is what I need to be doing. I know exactly what verse God gave me to be this church. I know exactly what verse God gave me to start preaching. I didn't do it on my own. God had to give me something that jumped right out of me. And let me just say this. If you start seeking God and God's giving you a concern, you gave me a call and you get a burden, you start seeking God, God's going to give you a verse that jumps right at you concerning what you're praying for. He does it all the time. He does it all the time. If you approach this book with an open mind and open heart and praying, God will make something jump out and say, here it is. It's the book. I'm not going to do things on my own. I'm following the king's order. Do you want a blessing? Everything the king asked Jeremiah to do, it was in his letters. It was in his letters. He takes the letters to Asaph and he gets all the material that he needs that when he comes to the governors beyond the river and they said, who are you? I am nobody, but I've got letters. Somebody, I wrote this down. Somebody once said, talking about the book. It's a traveler's map, the pilot's compass, pilgrim's staff, a soldier's sword. The believer's logbook. The Bible contains light to direct you, comfort to console you, food to sustain you, wisdom to teach you, fire to warm you. This book reveals the mind of God, the original state of man, the way of salvation to doomed sinners. Is the author is God. It is written where man is infallible, is inspired. It is given to you as life and is open to judgment. It will endure. Its mind is a wealth, a river of pleasure. It's a paradise in God. It's glory to its end. The Lord Jesus Christ is the wonderful object of our God. Our good is designed. Here heaven gates open, paradise is restored, hell's gates are closed. It's history in the true. Read it, for it to be wise. Believe it to be safe. Practice it to be holy. Memorize it to grow. Read it to be wise. Believe it to be safe, practice it to be holy, memorize it, grow. It involves the highest responsibility to the reader. It will regard the greatest of the labors. It will condemn all that trifle with the sacred contents. It is the book, the letter from the king. That's what you've got in your hand. You've got the letter right here. He's given you everything that you need. Are you listening for the call tonight? I wonder if you're like Samuel. He was just a little kid. The Lord came by and said, Samuel, Samuel. He, he didn't know what was going on. He didn't understand until he got some instruction from Eli. Then he said, speak, Lord, thy servant hear it. Speak, Lord, thy servant hear it. Or maybe like Isaiah. He saw the burden of the Lord and he said, Lord, here am I. Send me. Are you listening for a call tonight? Are you listening for a call? I, 
I, I, I think that a lot of us has answered the call that God has given us. I, I know the church ministry, the bus ministry is a call of God. It could not have went forward without God putting a burden on people's heart to go and do the things they need to do. And I praise God for them. I know when it was decided we'd do that, we did just jump right into it and do it. We went through a process. We went through some changes. We had to do some things in order to get where we're at today. And thank God we're picking up kids that I really love. <laughs> really going, I mean, just, I mean, they hung her neck, hug her neck, thinking of singing a song this morning. Asking for Jack, where's Jack, where's Jack? I want to hear Jack sing. That, that's the kind of kids you want to have in church. But it didn't start by saying, hey, let's do this. Somebody got a concern for the lost kids around this community and God put a burden in their heart that ordered to happen. Let me ask you, do you have a burden in your heart tonight? Amen. Have you heard a call? See, a lot of us sit in the pews. Well, God will call somebody else. God will call somebody else to do it. If I, I say, no, Lord, I'm not, I can't do that. I'm too busy. I've got this job. It's just, it's just weighing me down. I've got this so much on my mind. It's just weighing me down. I can't do it, Lord. You need to call somebody else. Can I tell you, God's plan is going to get worked, whether it's by you or not. You're just going to miss the blessing out of it. You're going to miss the blessing. I'm glad that people